0: Okay. The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. 400 metres remaining, and it's still Ramrod showing the way. Just narrowly now from Mahjang, who's menacingly moving to its outside. About three or four lengths back to Rockshaw, who's sustaining that run right around the outside of the field. Settling Sage under the whip. One Phoenix and Clusterfest last. Halfway down the running and Ramrod is nicely clear at this stage. Uh, trying ever so hard on the outside was Marjang but Ramrod looks like it's got it shot to pieces. Away it goes to the wire and Murray Crawford gets Ramrod home. Second placing went to uh, Marjang. Third was Setland stage. Then Dwan Phoenix, followed then by Rockshore and Clusterfest, made up a lot of ground. That was Ramrod taking out
1: the uh, Class B at Gladstone on Saturday. Tony McMahon there with the call courtesy of the Gladstone Turf Club and On The Bit Racing Australia. And more on that Gladstone meeting as we roll into Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab. We'll tell you about... The uh, doubles that uh, happened at that program on the weekend, Shannon Stephan and Cody Collars each rode doubles and Kevin Miller with a training double. We have a big story to tell you about at Roma where one jockey managed to ride four out of the five winners there and the Bendemeer Cup taken out by the old Marvel, Fabs Cowboys, 41st win and 100 starts for Fabs and news on the Gundawindi program as well this morning. Lots to get through on the show today and plenty
2: of other news as well and as always, helping us out with that news is Rob Black. Good morning, Rob. Morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. And, uh, Tony, our young apprentices are absolutely on fire in the last calendar year, and it's continuing on this year. But how does a young jockey outdo... What was their first day of the races? I'm pretty sure it was Dolby when they rode the first three races on the card. They had three winners on the day. How do they go about improving on that, Tony? How do you improve on a treble? I suppose you've got to ride a quartet of winners. And it's exactly what happened out at Roma on the weekend with young Angela Jones, apprentice to Lindsay Hatch, and uh, only fitting that we have Angela on this morning on Bushbeat. Congratulations to you, Angela, and welcome to Bushbeat this morning. Thank you. and Thank
3: you for having me on.
2: It's an outstanding achievement. I think I got that right. Was it Dolby the first day that you went to the races and you rode the first three on the program?
3: Yeah, that's, yeah, right. that's
2: right. Well, you repeated it at Roma on the weekend. It was again the first three on the program and then you uh, had a breather in one race and uh, decided, well, i better ride four on the day. So that's a huge achievement. Uh, obviously the most outstanding achievement in your career so far.
3: Yeah, it was. And I was a bit of a shock a too.
2: Well, when you look at the odds, they're all pretty good. A couple of favourites in there, of course, but uh, there's some good odds if the punters were following you. Uh, before we go to Roma, just to outline for our listeners, Angela, how long you have been riding and your apprenticeship with Lindsay Hatch? Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so
3: I've been riding all my life, but, um, but um, only, only sort of got go into racing. racing and track work about 18 months ago when I moved down and started with Lindsay.
1: Angie, if I can just break in, we've got a bit of feedback there. If you've got a radio on in the background, you'll need to drop that out and just uh, hear us on the phone. We're getting that feedback and uh, echo coming back. Try that. All right, I think we're right now. Yeah, that sounds better. So tell us about how you started off in racing.
3: Yes, yeah, so I didn't really have any connection until I pretty much came down and started with just probably over 18 months ago now.
2: And... Let's go to that Roma uh, meeting because we can summarise Roma with your four wins. As I mentioned earlier, you kicked off the first three, uh, a double with the Pat Webster train runners like a special, the Monashie Mountain taking out the Maiden and the Seamus Star by Seamus Award taking out the Class B. Take us through those two wins because one was extremely convincing over five lengths and the other one was about a quarter of a length margin. Just take us through those two races.
3: Yeah, so I thought I thought they were both good chances. Um, I thought that Seamus Star was probably a better chance, um, but the like a special in the maiden, she just jumped and probably from the first very long tell she just had the racing bag. She just handled, she just loved the sand and we got to the lead easy, so I could put, find the best part of the track for her. And then she just kept improving on it, made it look easy.
2: Convincing win over Famous Valor and Sky Tudor and Seamus Star. Just take us through that ride.
3: Him it was just much the same. He jumped and found the lead,
2: and he just held all the way. But then the, the nerves may have kicked in in race three, which was the Bendemeer Cup, the open played over a thousand metres. And this race was won back in two thousand eighteen by that fabulous horse, Fab's Cowboy. And our listeners know Fab's Cowboy well and truly, trained by Billy Johnson, three hundred sixteen thousand in prize money, forty one wins at his hundredth start. On the track, he's ten wins and five minor placings for twenty-two. You're going out there as a young apprentice, and you're on this bush champ. Well, I would have thought there might have been a few nerves, but I imagine. Did Fab's cowboy make the ride uh, easy, or was it a, a difficult ride? What's it like to ride such a good horse?
3: Oh, it was incredible. It was. I was. I probably did feel a little bit nervous because I just. I just didn't want to muck it up. Being on such a, I felt so privileged to get the ride on him and. Um, I planned to sort of go forward and we had the wide wide gate, but there was a lot of speed in the race and everything jumped and went forward pretty hard, so I sort of dragged him back and it was probably what makes him such a good apprentice horse. You can just come from anywhere and you just sort of give him the cue at the 600. And you can just feel and feel like how underneath you. It's a real great feeling and he just he sort of winds up and then there's just it's like no stopping him.
1: As you say, Ange, it was a case of uh, winding him up from the 600. You're coming to the home turn there at Bassett Park, looking at the uh, the wall-classing pavilion in front of you, and you are still uh, a few links behind them, but he just managed to run them down in the straight.
3: Yeah, it was. I was a little bit concerned coming into the straight, I thought, because, you know, usually whatever's leading at the straight down there wins, but um, I shouldn't have worried at all because he had him. He knew he would get there
2: he puts his nose out in the line. It was a close finish because there was uh, less than three lengths for the first five horses home. Um, and you mentioned an apprentice's horse, Fabs Cowboy. I know a lot of apprentices have won on him. Uh, what is he the sort of horse, does he, does he like to get away with what he can do or you just let him do what he's going to do in a race if you try to do something different, he resents it or anything like that? Yeah, and
3: that's, I was a little bit worried when I thought if I drag him back, you know, he might not like this, but I think I think he just, he doesn't really care. he just come from anywhere and he just wants to win. So he, I think he doesn't really take much notice of what you do with him. He's just going to keep going.
2: And when you've got a horse that can win 41 starts, and I think the great Tiny Sfinito is even behind him on the uh, the ladder of number of wins. I think he sits Tony second in the all-time record with this, but it's an outstanding training achievement, and the whole management of Fabs Cowboy throughout by Billy Johnson um, really has to be applauded. This Galloper, now a nine-year-old, back into this campaign, and as Angela said, the apprentices, he seems to go so well for uh, this for, uh, for them. And and then, Angela, of course, you, uh, you had a, a ride in uh, race uh, four on the program for Wayne Baker, Foxy Bella. It didn't get up. Princess Lottie getting up over you, certain Foxy Bella. Um, was there any, uh, any close things in that race? It was in the market. Did you have much of a chance uh, throughout the run or just beaten, beaten by better horses on the day?
3: Yeah, I think so. And probably just where we were, we were probably a bit close to the railway, a bit heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it probably just the one that won had the better running.
2: And that name just twigged Tony uh, as we saw on the awards night. Isn't this the horse that uh, Brooke Richardson got the, um, the the Pumper Cassidy Ride of the Year on, Foxy Bella?
1: It was indeed, yes, from uh, a ride at uh, July at Bassett Park at Roma. And that was where uh, received yeah, the, uh, the Jim Cassidy Ride of the Year at the On The Bit Racing Australia Gala Awards a couple of weeks ago
2: in Emerald. You nearly took her off the track, but down on the rails. And as you said, Angela, probably not the best place to be. But then you teamed up with Billy Johnson again in the final event on the program, the benchmark 50 over the 1,200, on a uh, consistent galloper of late called Gang took out the win over Taker, Shine and uh, Harriman. And this was a, con- a comfortable win, a two-length win at decent odds. Uh, obviously, you uh, gave it a good chance and obviously a brilliant ride with this win again. Yeah, thank, yeah, you. Yeah,
3: well, thank you. Well, I didn't think it was think much of a chance, but... um. He jumped, just jumped really well and I was able to put him in a really good spot just, just outside the leaders and I think he just sort of had the run of the race and just kept going.
2: And when you say that as a jockey, you think he doesn't have much of a chance. It's surprising our horses, you, know, you jump on their back and suddenly they go and you've got to then be in the frame of mind, right, we're in this race. Um, is that easy to switch? How do you cope with that sort of change um, in your thinking?
3: Oh, I think... I think if they just give you a good feeling, even like halfway through, you're like, oh, you can just sort of tell. And, you, it sort of picks your confidence up a bit and you give them a good go.
2: Now, all apprentices can usually tell me how many rides they've had, how many winners and their, what their claim is. I'm I'm sure you're in the same boat. What's your record standard at present?
3: Oh, I think I'm up to about 60-something rides with 20 wins and I just outrode my three-kilo claim on Saturday.
2: Three kilo claim down to two kilos, and uh, you head off where next to the races.
3: Um, I'll be going to Emerald on next Tuesday.
2: And that's a, a TAB uh, meeting, I take it.:
3: Yeah, that's right.: Now
2: you obviously do a lot of traveling and you started to tell us about your background at the beginning, and you, you've ridden horse of your life, but you really are a country girl at heart. Just tell us where you locate where you've originally come from.
3: Yes, I'm from a property about 100k north of Claremont, so I grew up there around horses, and then I um, went to boarding school in Charles it's My last few years of school, so I'm, I know the country areas pretty well.
2: So you're used to travelling, um, and how far would you be willing to go with with your travelling to uh, race meetings? Are, are you the sort of jockey will will have the approach of have saddle, will travel and and go as far west as possible if need be
3: yeah that's it i don't I don't mind traveling at all. I'll just go wherever the boss sends me really,
2: and that boss is lindsay hatch uh, how how do trainers best get hold of you uh to book rides with you angela
3: um Tracy Hatch is doing the race at the my rides at the moment, so just give her a call
2: and the best contact number there or is it just in the race magazine?
3: should be in the race magazine
2: so we've got emerald coming up this Tuesday. How many rides
3: uh, I'm not sure yet
2: actually still still got those bookings taking place um mm-hmm. any other highlights that you felt came out of that Roma meeting for you apart from the fact you've got four winners you've you've now scored the treble you've now st- scored the quartet there's only one more goal i would think in place on a five event program angela that's <laughs> ride the card <laughs> ride the card <laughs>
1: Ange, good luck with your rides there at Emerald. Coming up next week, uh, great to have you on the show today. Congratulations on your four winners there, and especially with the uh, the win in the Bendemere Cup on Fab's Cowboy. Thanks for joining us on Bushby. Thank you, thanks for
3: having
1: me on. Angela Jones, there with us, Rob. And I was just having a look at the, how the premiership is shaping up at the moment, uh, and this is uh, the the current Queensland Country Jockey Premiership. And uh, Angela is sitting at the moment 14th with 13 wins and 10 placings so far this season. That's this season, 45 rides, where she said she's had about 60 so far. Uh, but the, what's impressive there is the strike rate, 28.9%. And when you look at that, that's running second to Dan Ballard on 32.1% uh, and ahead of Paul Hamlin on 23.9. Uh, puts her in uh, some pretty esteemed company there. Hannah Richardson's currently leading the uh, the jockey country jockey premiership there with 19 wins ahead of Dan Ballard's 18. Dan McGilvery, Robbie Farr and Rebecca Wilson on 16 each. And then Maddie Gray, Emily Cass and Bonnie Thompson on 15 apiece. So with 13 in that quartet on the weekend, Angela Jones not too far out of the action.
2: Yeah, I was, I was trying to do the maths quickly when she said the number of rides to win. I thought it's got, this has got to be pretty high. And uh, the other notable achievement, just talking of Roma for a moment, Tony, there's a new Roma trainer, William Hill, trained his first uh, winner at Toowoomba with Magic Wishes, his eighth runner. Uh, in his career so the the records were really flowing out of Roma on the weekend firstly with Angela with those four winners and then the win with Fabs Cowboy for win number 41 of 100 grand performances all round and the impressive stat that comes out of Fabs Cowboy's
1: record 22 starts at the track for 10 wins and five placings and a couple of those uh, uh unplaced runs might have been at a perhaps an unsuitable distance uh, think perhaps there
2: might be a Roma Cup in there.
1: Yeah, I think there might be a couple like that that perhaps weren't exactly uh, down his alley, so to speak, because he has won everywhere. I know from you know a thousand up to sixteen hundred, um, but yeah, ten wins at out of twenty two starts at the track is pretty impressive, and forty one wins and twenty one placings out of a hundred start career so far.
2: Big congratulations to the uh, Johnson Racing Stable and the way that Billy Johnson has managed uh, Fab's Cowboys throughout his
0: career. The winners, the people, the places and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. Getting further ahead as they approach the home turn, Manila Miss. It's about one clear link at this stage from Layla's Lad who's under extreme pressure. Followed then by uh, Grand Casadora and Galbarino as last. They're in the stretch and Manila Miss, the favourite, is just in front. Trying ever so hard, Layla's Lad the outside. Manila Miss looks like it's holding it at the moment from Layla's Lad who's trying to run on. But Manila Miss is going to be too good. Gives that Cody Collis and Kevin Miller a double. Manila Miss written out. Hands and Heels wins. Layla's lad second. Then came Grand Casadora and last of all was Galvarino. Too good for them, Manila Miss. As we heard uh,
1: earlier at the start of the show, Rob, uh, we had uh, Ramrod winning for Murray Crawford and Raymond West. But as Tony McMahon said there in the call at Gladstone on the weekend, Manila Miss bringing up a double for Cody Collis and
2: Kevin Miller. Summed it up beautifully, he did, Tony, and... Uh, that combination had a great day out. And Cody Collis, another young apprentice who's uh, riding, ex- riding extremely well. And in both cases, these are horses um, that do exceptionally well at the track. Exocet Rocket in the uh, in race two on the program was the first of their double, defeated Lieutenant and Glamrock. He's a cap hero, but he's had three wins in a second from four on the sand surface there at Gladstone. And uh, Manila Miss is even more impressive, the six-year-old by Sidereus. Uh, it got up to defeat Layla's Lad and Grand Casadora. Three from three at the track. Uh, three wins and a third from its last four. So Kevin Miller is going to be heading back to uh, Gladstone with these two gallopers, and particularly on those sand surfaces where they really do shine. And uh, big big futures ahead, I think, there with those horses um, going forward. And as we heard, uh, Ramrod, the Piero, they tend to... I know they get through the wet well, and they do well, of course, in the metropolitan areas but it's good to see they can handle the sand surface there with that win of ramrod for Raymond West and Maury Crawford. And the other double, of course, came with the bookend of the program with Shannon Steffen. Now, Shannon's down to a uh, two-kilo claim, and she combined with Laura Cronin with Investable, not a single doubt, was having its first run for the stable and first up since November, uh, defeated Orgain and Awesome Bell, and uh, one that was having its first run for the uh, first run at the track was the second winner for Shannon, and that was elusive element, the red element for Kim Afford, um, and it defeated Barbican and Tia. Uh, this one had been third at Bundaberg at its last run, so it 's enjoying the sand surfaces. but those doubles there belonging to Shannon Steffen, Cody Collis, and Kevin Miller, and great to hear Tony McMahon 's calls uh, coming out of the meeting there at Gladstone. At Gundawindi on the weekend, they got going again there. Now, look, we've been featuring a horse in the last few weeks called Court Pot, the Apex Club open plate over the 1,200 metres. And this mare by Bella Spree, and there's a few of the Bella Spree mares going around at the moment doing extremely well. She's now had nine wins and three minor placings from 24. A real winner, this horse. And since November, she's had six wins from eight. Now, Tony, there was a big announcement during the week with the Winter Carnival program and it was great to see the Battle of the Bush featuring again in the program, but the great news is it's doubled the overall prize money. I think it was 202000 for the Battle of the Bush. Mm. Yeah, I'm expecting there's going to be a uh, further announcement coming through from Racing
1: Queensland. Uh, regarding the uh, the Battle of the Bush series and the venues and all of that sort of thing. But it was great to see when they made the announcement last week about the revamped 2021 uh, Winter Racing
2: Carnival that, yes, Battle of the Bush is going to highlight once again. And the reason I mention it, I'm not sure I haven't spoken to Ducky Baker, but uh, the way this mare's going, and now that she's up to four non-tab runs, we haven't seen all the details. I'm hoping also there might be a bit of a filtering down to the heats that the prize monies in the heats get increased, and, and that's the way that this country racing tends to be going, but we'll wait for those details. But Court Pot could be the sort of horse that could be aimed at a race like this in the early stages. It's had four wins from, at 1,200 metres, four from six, and it just comes home strongly. it was too good for supreme harmony and splits, who we all know the record for that Matty crop galloper. He was uh, only uh, basically a quarter of a length away in third but i wouldn 't be surprised that this sort of mayor, if she keeps going in this sort of form, is the sort of contender that you 're going to see, and one of the new kids on the block, so as to speak, uh, only being a four year old by Bellws spree don 't be surprised if court court pot is uh, headed that way now that they're building the non-TAB runs in the last 12 months for her. So she was the real star of the show, I thought, coming out of that um, that meeting there at Gundawindi on the five-event program. But the uh, the other winners on the day, Jodie Worley kicked home uh, in Chains for Douglas Fernando, a more e based trainer. It's its eighth win from 69 starts over Sky and me and Kibbit Rahib. And then Dolson Len won for Mark Curry, an Instinction uh, Mayor coming off Toowoomba placings. Uh, Re- Rebecca Goldsberry uh, uh, riding that winner home over Frivolously and Jennifer Magic. The Last Dragon for Norma King and Anna Bacos, a uh, Money of the Gun six year old, defeated Verve and improving. It's its first run at the track. We've mentioned Court Pot. And, of course, a bit of faith for Wayne Oakenful and Leanne McCoy, the Zuzu eight-year-old mayor, second here at the last meeting, and it got up over pretext, dream and sparkling facet. I'm really keen on following this uh, form line of uh, court pot, uh, and uh, be, I'll try and find out from Ducky Baker if, Baker if that is the plan, that they might be aiming that sort of mayor at the um, Battle of the Bush. And, of course... I know we're going to look at some provincial meetings as well, but the cutest duel results are starting to filter through. And, of course, there's one at Cairns uh, happening today, a good three-year-old race. I know horses like Higher Realm, Tennessee Boy in it. You've got uh, races coming up down the track. And out of Mackay, Tony, apart from Nathan Day getting a double, one of the wins was on the cutest duel qualifier in the two-year-old, Akushu, for Graham Green, of course, uh, His great performance um, with Master Jamie in the Gateway win. He's got another good one coming through, and that's now qualified for the cutest jewel two-year-old plate at the Gold Coast on that Saturday prior to the sales that we're all gearing up to. And, of course, Nathan Day had another winner with Ariel for Chris Attard on the day there uh, as well. And good to see Ellie Smith combining the teaching and the riding career successfully. She got a win with Double M and Tim Cook. Uh, That was the Mackay meeting. And then out of the Townsville meeting that occurred on Friday, um, Tony Comerford a double. What an interesting double. One winner with Bonnie Thompson, Potomotomi. But look at the winner, Deadly Diva. Paid about $160, I think, and it's Deadly Choices' half-brother. Got up at its second start in a race. Huge odds in the cutest three-year-old maiden. congratulations there to Tony Comerford and the connections, of course, of Deadly Choices and Deadly Diva. Uh, That was an outstanding result, Presley price-wise. And a good winner for Jared Wheelow and only one a singer, uh, taking the win there for Ash Butler. And Ash Butler, of course, had a double with Jared Wheelow in Sanglier, winning the final event on the program. But these cutest ju- jewel qualifiers, Tony, are creating a lot of interest leading into the big cutest ju- day on the Saturday before the sales. Yes, very much so, Rob. The
1: uh, As you say, today at Cairns, there's a uh, three-year-old plate uh, cutest jewel qualifier. On Friday at Townsville, we've got a two-year-old plate qualifier. And Saturday at Rockhampton, there's another three-year-old plate qualifier there. So uh, some nice qualifiers coming up as we count down towards that big jewels day coming up at the Gold Coast on Saturday the 13th of March I want to make mention as well Gatton raced on Sunday Nozzy Tomazawa picked up a double at the uh, tab program there and we've been following with interest uh, some of the the cups in South Australia Kangaroo Island uh, we had uh, President Mark Turner on with Tim Edwards leading into uh, the uh, the carnival a couple of weeks back and they had their two-day carnival on Thursday and Saturday just completed And what an effort for trainer Nicole Brugman. A treble on the Thursday program and then a double on Saturday. So five winners out of the two cards. And I was having a look at it, Rob. Nicole had 29 runners at the two-day carnival for five winners and seven placings. And out of those 29 runners, 18 of them
2: finished in the top top five. Absolutely brilliant performance and, and great to see that carnival going ahead after the fires of last year and, and, of course, the COVID year. I think they did actually race, but uh, I see uh, Dave and Judy Weenut got down there from Gladstone. I know that Denny Sheehan and the Alliance team from out here were going down. I haven't seen anyone uh, back yet, Tony, to see if <laughs> they've all survived, but uh, I'm quite sure with the help of Johnny Letts and, and the, uh, the Cutters and all those sort of things, they, they would have had a fabulous time, be one of those two-day events where you not only see a beautiful area, but you get great racing across the two days.
1: Very much Very so. Much we had so. doubles on the Thursday program for jockeys Claudia Lyons and Dom Tonor. And as I mentioned, uh, Nicole Bruegman with a treble, a training treble on the Thursday. Paula Tremworth with a training double on the Thursday. And then Nicole with her double on the Saturday. And also, we've been keeping a watch on some of the uh, provincial cups as they roll around in South Australia as well. And on Sunday... Uh, Paolo Pace was able to take out the Port Lincoln Cup prelude for Stacey Metcalf and trailer Julie Branford beating Lady Conquistador and Analytica. And we count down towards the Port Lincoln Cup, which is coming up on the 5th of March, I think. it is it the 5th? Uh, I'll have to double-check on that. Uh, I think it's the 5th of March. Or the date of that, I'll have to double-check. But we have racing this week following on from the TAB programs today at Cairns, Friday Townsville and Saturday Rockhampton. The Barku Amateur Race Club are back in action at Blackall on Saturday, as are the Bowen Turf Club, the Chinchilla Race Club and the Eyes Race Club. And on Saturday, it's Penong Cup Day for the Penong Race Club in South Australia.
0: Getting back to the grassroots of racing, this is Bushbeat.
1: Robert mentioned there the Black are racing this coming Saturday the 27th and that leads us into our next guest guest coming up 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 on Bushbeat Bushbeat this morning. morning.
2: Yeah, we've got Andrew Watts coming back on Bushbeat this morning with the uh, Baku uh, Amateur Race Club. And, of course, there's a little bit of rain hanging around. We always know the weather will change out here when the Black races start. But the important thing that uh, Watts is going to talk about this morning is an initiative that he's uh, kick-started for the whole Central West area, uh, where we are going to, in the Central West, have a jockey's premiership to try and ensure we get the quality and the range of jockeys to come to the Central West. Good morning to you, Watsi. Um, And I know we're all looking forward to the racing kicking off this weekend. Doesn't matter how the size of the fields turn out. I reckon we'll all be keen to get there. But just run this through with the listeners um, what the plans are with the Central West jockey premiership.
4: Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, listening. I'm actually just sitting in the studio of 4LG hitting refresh on the uh, bar called nomi- uh, Blackall nominations, but nothing has come through yet. Uh, boys, the Central West uh, Jockeys Premiership, um, I know, Rob, we've uh, chatted at length about this, and we thought it would be the time where we um, actually only have three uh, jockeys living out here in the Central West. It might be an opportunity to um, entice Uh, jockeys to travel out here and we do appreciate a lot of the travelling jockeys that head out from Mackay and Rockhampton and Brisbane every week but uh, perhaps a financial uh, incentive for the end of the year to continue riding out here Rob
2: Yeah we found at the Longreach Jockey Club uh, Andrew that it's It's been a successful, I think, carrot at the end of the stick where we have a calendar year premiership for them where they end up with a, a decent-sized uh, monetary prize. They also get a, a daily premiership uh, amount. I think it was $100 every race meeting. And as well, we give them a little bit of travel assistance. And we found we get a loyal band of jockeys continuing to come back. Basically, they feel, I think, they're pretty well looked after. But this is, this is an expansion. And uh, what's... What's the uh, the pool look like and um, who's come on board and how do you plan to make sure it happens and who's doing the accounting records is what I'm interested in, in keeping tally.
4: Well, you know, Max Tanks, he's got plenty of time up there at Elders, so he'll be our accountant. But, um, look, I started the conversations with um, Tony Austin from Barkey and um, Paul Banks from Blackall, and they jumped on board immediately. Um, and for it to be a success, we needed those two clubs on board because between uh, Longreach and, Barkall, and Blackall, we hold most of the meetings. Debbie Pittman uh, from Junda jumped on immediately. Kevin Wilshire from Alpha. Uh, the team at Tambo, Mudderborough, Elkforcombe and Aramac all on board. And, um, yeah, we've had positive signs from Batu to Baduri and Birdsville as well as Isisford. for um, but, look, we're going to have a looking at a pool of around $5,000 with some generous donations from those clubs, and it'll run on each and every Central West race meeting. Uh, jockeys will be riding um, for a 3-2-1 point system, so three for win, two for second, and one for third, and uh, we'll accrue those um, points a- across the year, and it'll culminate in the final meeting of the year at Alden.
2: And the 3-2-1's not a bad concept either because it means you might get a few seconds on the day and still uh, still be high up on that leaderboard.
4: Yeah, and we see that a lot of the time, don't we, in, in the jockeys' challenge. You, you might see a, one jockey ride a winner and you um, your ticket's confetti, but uh, due to their consistency throughout the day, uh, they can get up and get the prize just through uh, seconds and thirds. So, yeah, look, I think it's um, a good initiative. It's certainly well been well, well supported uh, across um, our region, Robin. as we know, I mean, a lot of the meetings towards the end of the year, we do struggle for jockey numbers. So... With that in mind, you know, if they're in for a chance of winning the thick end of $5,000, um, the jockeys might think, oh, well, I better head out west and... um still vie for those premiership points.
1: I think it's a great incentive to not only get uh, the writers to come out you know, of some of these early part-of-the-year meetings, guys, but also when you're talking about including the, uh, the River Circuit there with Birdsville, Baduri and Batuta, uh, for a jockey that's then thinking, well, I might make that a yeah, target for this year and and uh, attend all of those. Well, I'm going to pick up points at that. i better get out and, and ride at some of these other programs uh, either side of that circuit and try and pick up some extra points and put myself well and truly in the running.
4: Yeah, that, that's exactly right, Tony. And we, we know um, the River Circuit, again, They um, with their councils, they run their own premiership. But, look, they're, they're willing to all jump on board as well. And, uh, look, it's exciting times. And, um, you know, we've had our 10-week break now, Rob, and we're ready to kick back off.
2: We can't wait to kick back off. But <laughs> have you got any other sponsorship on board for this particular premiership, Andrew?
4: Well, yeah, we do. Barker's um, so, um, um, News at Longreach have come on as our major sponsor. And... Um, Kindly donated some more funds towards the prize pool, so it will be uh, the Barker's News uh,
1: Longreach uh, Central West Jockeys Premiership. What a great naming sponsor!
2: <laughs> well, we might <laughs> even we might even throw Office Choice in there as well if I can get a little bit more. You just never know uh, with this. You can see I've been saving my money over the last uh, two months, waiting for racing to start in the Central West. Thank goodness it's this weekend, <laughs> and waiting for and that waiting market fail. Ah, the holiday's coming up, trust me, and the catalogue's <laughs> getting plenty of uh, marks put through it uh, as we uh, count down to that one. But, uh, look, I, I think this is a really exciting time coming up for country racing. We're seeing the progress with the country tab meetings. We're seeing the, the Battle of the Bush final increase. We're getting more details coming through on that. And when you get these little initiatives, uh, it's just the sort of thing that country racing and areas need to uh, to keep... And I reckon, I reckon Watsi, the jockeys who have always been loyal to us are going to be the first ones lining up and they'll be in fine form to uh, repel the invaders, if you like, with uh, with this money up for grabs.
4: Oh, 100%. And we've got our three uh, local jockeys, Brooke Richardson, uh, Alicia Ross and David Rewald And and Stephen Galvin, uh, if he's back, he makes four. But you've got only a stone's throw away. Emma Bell, who's a great supporter out west, um, week in, week out. Johnny Rudd um, and a lot of those travelling jockeys from Mackay, uh, Martin Haley occasionally you know it's uh, we've got a good pool of jockeys that head out here and um you know, like i said at the start of the interview we we really appreciate um all the traveling jockeys that head out here
2: and Matty oh, Gray. Go Matty Matty Grimes. Grimes. Oh, yes. Can't. <laughs> yeah, Matty it was on, on fire last year. He'll be keen to get back, that's for sure. And it kicks off this weekend at Blackall, the Baku Amateur Race Club. Any update on the weather report there, Andrew? Because, as I say, we all get a little bit nervy with the Blackall races. They, they attract the rain, which is great for the area, but not so much the race day. What's the latest weather forecast?
4: Yeah, you know, I spoke to the bureau this morning, funnily enough, and uh they say we we're in the clear, so um a chance of thunderstorms. We can deal with a thunderstorm late on uh, in the afternoon, Saturday. Uh stewards are always pretty good at pushing the races through, but uh um now we're looking like uh, we'll get the meeting off the ground.
2: And we'll make sure that Maxi Tanks down at Elders has got the accountancy uh, records all in place to kickstart the premiership. Uh, Great to have you on again this morning. It'll be the first of many times, I'm sure, in 2021 with the the coverage of meetings uh, throughout the Central West and North West. And congratulations again on getting the initiative uh, up and running.
4: Yeah, thanks very much, Rob. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning, Tony. And good morning, listeners.
1: Good on you, Watsi. Thank you for joining us this week on Bushbeat. And uh, those uh, uh, nominations won't be too far away for the meetings coming up on Saturday uh, for Watsi to continue clicking refresh there for the Baku amateurs this weekend. Along with Bowen, Chinchilla and Mad Isa, on Cup Day in South Australia on Saturday. And I'm just confirming on some dates, I've been able to double check. And yes, Port Lincoln Cup Day is Friday of next week. That's Friday the 5th of March. And Rob, we were talking before about the Battle of the Bush Final that has popped up in the 2021 Tab Queensland Winter Racing Carnival feature schedule, and that's going to be uh, coinciding with uh, Tats Day. Uh, that's uh, going to be at Eagle Farm Tattersall's Tiara Day is Saturday, June 26 and in there is the
2: $200,000 Battle of the Bush Final over the 1,200 metres. And was listening to an earlier interview about tats and how it all came about. It was really intriguing and that's a great day to be uh, featuring the country coming to the city, Tony. But with the results coming through this week, we're going to have plenty to report on next week on Bushbeat. Just email me at News at optusnet.com.au and for people like young uh, Angela Jones who was on, I think for the first time, yes, first time on Bushbeat, uh, they'll be able to hear a replay on it and I think that's one of the important things about Bushbeat, Tony, it gives the opportunity uh, for recognition of major achievements but also just the ability for people to come on and uh, and get that chance to talk about their life and their, their approach to racing and their uh, their overall successes. Yeah, very much so. And we're very pleased to be able to uh, have
1: uh, jockeys like Angela and trainers uh, to be able to uh, recognise, you know, achievements like that with their first wins or successful in four races or something along those sort of lines. Uh, Bushbeat is podcast each and every week, available through our Wooshka platform. Do a uh, quick Google search on Radio Tab and Wushka, and you'll be able to access the link there. We also put it out on Twitter on our Twitter handle at Radio TAB Oz. Uh, but you can also uh, be able to access it through our good friends at On The Bit Racing Australia because they're kind enough to put the link up through their Facebook page and uh, website
2: as well so there's plenty of ways you can catch up with our podcast replay of Bushbeat each and every week. And we'll be back looking forward to more great stories uh, next week as we kick off out here in the Central West and racing is underway and uh, I don't have to keep working at the shop on a Saturday. Back to normal routines. Tony, good morning to you. Good morning to listeners. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Thanks to Rob Luck, Angela
1: Jones and Andrew Watts for joining us on Bushbeat this week. That is the wrap for the show for this week, folks. Good luck to those clubs who are in action all through this week and we look forward to catching you back next Tuesday on the show once more on Radio Tab.